Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company's podcast. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Greenbook. Through their blog, leading market research directory, and other publications, Greenbook connects marketers and insights professionals with people, information, and ideas that generate better business results. So whether you're looking for a focus group facility or just want to stay up to date with the ever-evolving insights industry, Greenbook is the resource for you. Check out all they have to offer at greenbook.org. We love it. We know you'll love it. Welcome, Seema, back to my podcast. This is your becoming a serial guest on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's exciting. I know. It's just, you know, it it was so easy the first time. I'm like, come on, let's do it again. Well, thank you for having me back. Oh, this is so great. Well, Seema Vasa, if you remember, she was on with uh, the Flockstar series with uh, Women in Research, Wire Exec. And uh, we met last year at uh, in Tiburon at Wire Exec and immediately hit it off. And I think also our backgrounds in a couple of things, I think being a serial entrepreneur and also being a podcast host, we we just had a lot very quickly we could talk about, especially being around um, in the MR world. So. Uh, Seema, thanks for coming back. This is going to be really fun. Thank you, Priscilla. (laughs) Well, if you haven't had a chance to listen to her episode on Flockstars, you really should because it was really hard for us to stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) It was was super fun. It was a great flow. But, um, you know, Seema really knows a lot about what's trending in uh, market research and with a real specific focus on technology. And she really has a deep understanding of how technology um, actually affects the growth of your MR business. And so we're going to talk a little bit with her today about that, specifically because of the connection that Seema and I have, where we're both serial entrepreneurs. So Seema, I thought this one, this episode could be a little bit different. We could talk a little bit more about you as the CEO and founder of Infinity Squared Ventures and really about how you go about accelerating businesses, Mm -hmm. helping businesses emerge in the market research space, I think that would be of incredible value um, to my audience. So tell us about how you got started uh, with Infinity Squared Ventures and what kind of consulting you provide. Sure. Thank you. Um, You know, it was about four, almost four and a half years ago now, where I decided that... um, the thing that I loved doing was collaborating with people and collaborating with entrepreneurs specifically and decided that, you know, I know research. I've been, you know, an executive at a very large um, research company and I've been an entrepreneur. Why not take those skills and bring them to other entrepreneurs to help them kind of quickly get immersed in our industry? Because as you know, when you're when you're in the grind, it's so hard to figure out, well, where should I place my bet? How should I spend my time going to market? Mm-hmm. What are the right products and services? How should I price and package? So it's really, it's the type of consulting, it's 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 quite broad. I mean, I can help from a strategy perspective in terms of um, business plan development, helping with uh, marketing and go-to-market strategy planning. And, and a lot of times I do end up in the product area, a product and services si- right, side in right. terms of pricing and packaging. Um, just recently, I've actually uh, gone on a new uh, adventure at kind of adding on more services to my clients, and that is um, investment banking. So I've just um, 
just passed the first exam. I have to take two more exams, and I'm doing it with I'm doing this <laughs> whole adventure with um, Kristen Luck and as well as Oberon Securities, which is the investment banking company that's uh, uh, sponsoring us to do it. Wow! So this is really more for venture capital, or help help me round out like exactly yeah. you know the financial piece of it is helping people evaluate. Um, you know, with valuations on companies and things like that. What, what, what are what's all involved? Sure, it is really for companies who are seeking to raise money mm-hmm. to accelerate their their growth of their company, and or it is for companies who are looking to exit. Um, the area the the area of specialty is kind of that mid market level. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five to thirty five to fifty million dollar company in in revenue, and you know, based on all the disruption that's happening in the industry. Um, it, it felt it felt right because a lot of companies have been in, in boutique research companies. Um, there's there's a lot of kind of ambiguity and uncertainty, which is exciting for people who like risk, but not so exciting for who people who don't. And there are opportunities to either kind of pivot and which might require raising some money right. and or partnering with other companies that might have something that is you know. Uh, adds more value to their company, and so it's 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 a whole host of things. It's strategy consulting plus taking it to the next step and saying, okay, how are you going to fund kind of the next level of your growth? Right. Well, you know, as you know, at Little Bird Marketing, we we handle a lot of marketing for MR firms, and some of them are larger. But when I deal with a smaller one who is in that kind of uh, boutique and emerging uh, company, my first question when we start the strategy is. Okay, are you building this to scale? Are we talking about growth hacking and creating a marketing strategy to, you know, grow? Or are you looking to grow and growth hack so you can sell? Right. <laughs> two very and different things. It really is <laughs> two different things. So yeah. you have a lot of experience in that. What what do you feel people fail to um, you know, to do? to create a good exit or a, p- a possibility mm-hmm. to sell? What are some really top you know, uh, top obvious things that you see are constantly missed? Well, you know, I think being an entrepreneur, your business is your baby. And nobody wants to, nobody wants to hear that, that your baby is not perfect, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, but it has all these beautiful things. And look at this, (laughs) look at that. You know, know, I'm cracking up because so many times when I'm doing the strategy, I I literally am, I like, even right now, I got my hands just like I'm holding a baby. And I rock it back and forth. And I go, I know your baby's so special, but can I have it for a minute? <laughs> I totally agree. I think, that, I think that's a challenge. I really do. And I think that, um, you know, at the bottom line, of course, you have to have the right product. You want to have a compelling pro- a value proposition and um, offering. But the numbers, the financials are the really the place where the language is spoken, right? Mm-hmm. Are you are are you profitable? Are you re- creating repeatable revenue? Are you, you know, um are you creating efficiency on your cost basis? So I would say that's number one, like taking the emotion out of things and really looking at financials objectively and saying, okay, if I take, if I, if I peel back the layers here, I have to be realistic in what I think I could sell this company for based on the financial story. And also historical, you know, like, look, if you have a growth rate, that's amazingly, you know, consistently year over year, Mm -hmm. just knocking it out of the park. I mean, there's nuances here to every scenario. But you know, that's kind of the base piece that I think is really important for people to understand. Um, I think the second thing is, if you're going to 
um, you know, exit or even if you're going to raise money, that that management team has to be strong. Whenever you put money in, you want to know that there's a team behind it that's committed to executing against goals. And whether that's a merger where you have an earnout, or if you're actually uh, just raising money to kind of accelerate growth, that that management team is so, so crucial. Well, what I see a lot in the MR field, and I'm sure it's in a lot of other industries, but I especially see it here because of just brain expertise and, you know, a Rolodex that got somebody somewhere. But I see so many MR firms even past the 5 million, you know, and into the 10 that are really still built around one personality. Yes. And one person's mindset and their skill set. I mean, so yeah, tell us a little bit more about that, that management team and what, what people really need to be thinking about, you know, to, to even come to the point where maybe you could have, um, you know, an opportunity to sell. Well, I think, uh, my analogy is when you're an entrepreneur early days, you're basically a product manager, right? You're building the product, you're selling its value to customers, and and, and you're the generalist that puts everything together. Um, yeah, you're the CEO and founder of the company, but those early days is really about building the business, building the product and, and revenue related to that singular product. And then maybe you might have flavors of the product and you might extend further out. I think once you get to a certain level, let's say 5 million plus, you then have to start thinking about formalizing your disciplines, right? You need a sales executive, you need a sales leader, you might need an operational delivery leader, you you, you kind of round out um, the skills that are required to execute on the different fun- uh, functions of the business, you know, mm-hmm. more financial discipline, um, you might might need a CFO, you might, you, those, those roles become more crucial, because then, as the CEO of a company, you got to be thinking about the next, you know, the next thing, like, right. where am I going? <laughs> and how do I get there versus being stuck in the weeds? So, right. you know, it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, I was just talking to somebody last week at a, at a summit and saying, you know, he was, he was going to, he was entertaining the possibility of becoming um, the president of a company where the founder is very integrally involved. So psychologically, the founder knows that they need to get kind of growth management or growth management skills in place. And mm-hmm. so looking for the next person to do that. But, to, you know, what I what I coached him on and saying is, make sure that's solid, make sure that relationship's really solid. And that you guys really understand mm-hmm that you guys are on the same page because it's, it's hard um, yeah. to take somebody's baby from I them. <laughs> I can't imagine doing it. And I know we'll, we're going to hit that point at some point. And I have to like, you know, mentally prepare myself for it. I yeah. am not a control uh, freak for sure. Yep. I'm very, very good at delegating. I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm very like, uh, let's create a hole and see who steps up into it. Right. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, geared that way, which I know a lot of CEOs and founders are. They really want to do it all themselves. And I just, I never have, but it's still hard because it's like about clarity. These are my roles. These are your roles. This is when we, when we don't agree on this decision, right. how are we going to move the the company forward? That is really a crazy thought for me. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard. It's hard work. It's, it, and, and you need both, you need all parties um, equally motivated to get to resolution and, and try to make that, create that clarity. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to dig just a tiny bit sure. deeper about that before we kind of back out and talk about the podcast. But you you said that, you know, the biggest thing um, is about products, that they're selling products. But talk to us about how that works in the MR world, because I have so many MR firms who always say, oh, we don't have any products, we have services, you know, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But how you package them, and there, I see a lot of problems in the MR world about that. And the second piece, I want to hear about what you think about products. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece, you also mentioned the need for repeatable revenue. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I always term it recurring revenue, like where, and and some other people might have some other things like um, um, maybe even some affiliate revenue or things like that. But tell me about what kind, what do you mean by repeatable revenue? So those, those two things. Sure. So I think, you know, I use the word product loosely. Um, The product could be a, um, you know, a set of services that a a company could be selling. But to to sell those services, you still need to identify every step of the operational process to be able to say, yes, we can successfully deliver on this service or this type of research. Um, If you're in the, you know, if you're in the visualization space, you need to make sure your technology is up, up and running. If you're traditional MR, it goes back to just how am I going to be able to deliver on the the project um, or services that I'm committing to? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. Now talk a little bit about what you see out in the market as repeatable revenue and what people are doing well. Yeah, so repeatable revenue, I think it's everybody knows the the kind of the holy grail. It's, it's syndicated research if you're mm-hmm. in the full service space, right, mm-hmm. where you're building it once and selling it multiple times. Um or it could be ongoing studies for, from an MR perspective mm-hmm. where you have, you know, you're doing a tracker, let's Brand say. tracker or a longitudinal yeah. study. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it extends out over the course of, you know, three years and, and, and you continue to evolve and, and build on that. And that could be for one client and that's repeatable as well. I, I also think there's another fl- uh, flavor of repeatable revenue, which is, you know, a committed amount of spend, right, for from a client over a mm. course of a year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still repeatable. It might not be as defined, but you know you can commit to a certain amount of money every month based on the client need and the contract that you have. Let's take a break and hear about this episode's sponsor. If you're looking to be inspired, challenged, and connected, I have the perfect event for you. Hosted in Austin, Texas, IIEX North America is the place you need to be from April 23rd to 25th. Presented by Greenbook, IIEX North America is the leading conference in the market research and insights industry. These three days of action are filled with over a thousand attendees, over 250 speakers, and over 200 sessions for a combination kick in the pants, turbocharged networking, and intensive education. And I'll be speaking at IIEX North America. IIEX is packed with fresh ideas. From the new speaker track to meet the startups and insight innovation competition, this is the place to see the latest technologies and disruptive methods emerging in the world of insights. Attendees will be in great company with thought leaders from Procter & Gamble, Lowe's, Merck, and Coca-Cola. So register now for IIEX North America and save 20% with the promo code LITTLEBIRD at IIEX-NA.InsightInnovation.org or simply click the link in our show notes. Be there to find out what's new and next in the realm of consumer insights. As some of you might know, March is National Women's Month. Here at Little Bird Marketing, we strongly believe in girl power. 
In honor of National Women's Month, we wanted to do something really special. We're going to be hosting what we're calling the Badass Women Giveaway. We've had so much fun putting this awesome prize package together for you all, and to be honest, this stuff is so good, it was really hard to resist keeping it all for ourselves. In this giveaway, you'll be getting a set of Women Who Dare knowledge cards from the Library of Congress, a pair of NetQuest headphones, a Women in Research t-shirt, two t-shirts and a journal from AYTM, and some cute little bird goodies like a tote bag, pop socket, and other stuff like that. We've also thrown in some of the most inspiring and enjoyable books you'll ever own, like Your Messy Brilliance, Seven Tools for the Perfectly Imperfect Woman by our friend Kelly McNeilis, Forgotten Women, The Artists by Zing Sang, and Bad Girls Throughout History, a journal by Ann Shen. This giveaway is going to be really fun. Go to littlebirdmarketing.com slash badasswomen to enter. The list of items keeps growing by the day, so make sure to keep checking for updates. It's as easy as that, but it won't last forever, so hurry up and enter. Good luck! Now, what do you see about um, contracts, like, in the MR space? Well, it's so hard because it's so competitive, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it, we're kind of defined by the least common denominator sometimes. So mm-hmm. for the person who or the company who does not have that contract, um, you know, I think it goes back to brand and, and value. And also in this day and age of where information is going and privacy, it's really important to have some sort of document that at least um, – defines the terms of the relationship in terms of the data that's being gathered, if it's proprietary, how are you securing that data, so on and so forth, access to it by other employees, you know, competitive nature. Um, I don't, I I can't say like, you know, don't, don't do anything unless you have a contract. I I think that people have to decide that on their own. Mm -hmm. Obviously a contract for a certain amount of money and certain MR study is obviously hugely beneficial. And I think most companies do it, but I have heard some have not. Right. Wow. Well, as you can, you know, tell from this conversation, SEMA <laughs> has a lot of experience. If you're looking, you know, at, uh, you know, proper valuation of your company or thinking, gosh, even if this is long, long way in, in your future, there are really strategic, you know, questions that you need someone else to ask you <laughs> so that you get yeah. on the right step. So um, certainly, you know, reach out to SEMA and um, you can find any link in our show notes. But let's back up a little bit, SEMA, and what you, the other thing you and I have in common is our podcast. Yes. <laughs> so, fun. so we've talked so much about our podcast and gone back and forth and, um, and even trying to help each other with yes. um, little things we've learned along the way, which is what I love about everybody we meet at Women and research is always how how can I help you that's so true (laughs) it is it's so cool and I'm so looking forward to seeing you there in May um this year but um uh, we'll give a, a quick little plug to Women in Research. It's free to join. Go on <laughs> womeninresearch.org. And um, it's just absolutely amazing. You know, get have someone have your back, make a good network. But these are the kinds of questions, you know, that you can ask people when you when you invest some time and you bring, you know, your expertise to a conversation at WIRE, um, then someone else is willing to give you some of their expertise. And it's just, it, it's a it's an awesome exchange. So that's my shout out for WIRE. Yeah, no, I and I could agree with you more. It's such a um, nice community that it, it's non-threatening and yeah. it's really there for the purpose of helping each other, learning from each other, and you know everybody continues to evolve in their in their careers and in their lives. Yeah. So it's it's a fantastic um, community and platform. Yeah, for sure. Well, so what made you start your podcast? What's your your origin story of yours? 
Um, maybe insanity. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll do one more thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, what? Sure. Why not? Yeah. So um, as I thought about, you know, trying to differentiate myself, building some awareness, uh, the thing that I love to do most is to talk to people and to learn from them and to be able to really understand um, what are some of their challenges and some of uh, some of their opportunities. Um, and, 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 you know, a lot of people told me early on, you need to create a blog, you need to write consistently to really build some awareness of your services and your brand. And, and I get that. And I absolutely know I need to do that at some point in time. Mm-hmm. But instead of making that entry point so hard for myself, I decided to do something that was more natural to me. And that was having these types of conversations. And really, you know, my goal is to learn on every podcast and anybody I talk to, and and hopefully that learning extends out to the audience. So right. then they learn something. Right. Um, and that's really the premise. I did not I did not really comprehend the depth um of the benefit I was going to get personally from having all these interviews with me. Yes. <laughs> it's quite amazing, isn't it? Like it you just really you, is. And you can't put it, you know, when you embark on it, it's kind of like I went in saying I'm going to try it and I'll have checkpoints where I'll evaluate, is it worth it or is it not worth mm-hmm. it? Um, and thus far, it continues to, it passes the gate and says, yes, let's continue on. It's worth it. I feel like it's uh, a big door opener too, because people who wouldn't, I'm not saying they wouldn't give you the time of day. I'm not saying that they're rude or anything like that, right. but people are busy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's such a busy society. Um, and when you can lead with, oh, I'd love to interview on you on my podcast, People perk up. And who doesn't want free PR? Sure. Totally agree. Um, Yes. And so to me, it's been so easy to get amazing people, you know, just to myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I get to ask all the questions. (laughs) Absolutely blows blows me away. So what's been hard for you? Because there's a lot of realities of how difficult, you know, putting a podcast in on it. You know, and I'm obviously I'm not trying to make it more difficult from other people, but also, sometimes people don't really consider really how much work's involved in it. Well, I think early on, it felt very um, disjointed in terms of my schedule. So it was kind of like, uh, you know, you'd be enthralled. You, I, I would be deeply involved in a, in a piece of work. And then I look up and say, oh, my gosh, I have to do two interviews. And I mentally have to adjust and say, okay, let's mentally prepare and get into that interview mode. I've changed that since then. I've become much more structured in in terms of days that I interview and days that I don't. And but but that's all learning along the way. Um, the other thing is when the guest on the, when, when you think the guest is going to be highly communicative and they're not, and that's really, and you've experienced this, I'm sure (laughs) it's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to talk about for the next 15 to 20 minutes? (laughs) Right, right. I've done it. I did institute an interesting thing. I do have a little 10 minute, obviously I didn't with you because I know you, but for people that I don't know, I have an interesting little 10 minute meet and greet, like a couple weeks before. And it really helps me weed out and also prepare for if there is going to be somebody who is not very communicative, what am I going to do? What's my strategy here? And, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but it, it it is rare. But, you know, we get a lot of requests. And at this point, I'm sure you're like that, too, is that we are very careful. I mean, I, yes. I'm out there looking for guests that I think will be of real value to my audience. And people will be like, wow, I I would have never talked to that person. That was super interesting. (laughs) Well, I think that's the thing that it fundamentally switches. Over time, you you kind of think about value of the person's time you're interviewing, the value of your time. But all of a sudden, now you think about it 
people are taking the time to listen to your show, your right. podcast. Right. You want to make it so valuable for them that you then start adding this layer or, you know, after you're, after you, after I learned a little bit more, you add this layer of scrutiny and saying, I want to make sure the experience of listening to my show is so uh, valuable and people are really taking away the messages that I want them to take away that you, you put the, this other, it's almost like protecting people's time and ensuring yeah, that, yeah. that their return on listening is worth it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I like also delivering some unexpected things because I know yes. I've had some of my most genius ideas, you know, say, for example, when I'm playing a game with my kids and all of a sudden something happens in the exchange and I'm like, oh, that's what could work for that client. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of when you don't expect it. I kind of call them like my, you know, you're in the shower. You're like just doing something, you know, it's because you've taken your your brain offline. I have my most genius moments when I'm straightening my hair. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's so funny. I can't, you know, I, 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 you, if you're straightening your hair, it's not like you can go put a load of laundry in at the same time. Right. Like you are seriously only doing one thing, and I think my brain just like kind of like chills out for a bit, and it's like you know maybe I've been noodling on a problem, and a solution presents itself that was not connected. Like it was never going to come up if I just kept working on the problem. Right. And I hope that, it, you know, I feel like that in podcasts, like I'll be, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm listening mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm not in market research directly, but I listen to a lot of market research and I I find your podcast completely enthralling. And the guests sometimes say things that I'm like, oh my gosh, that totally applies to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's that crazy, unexpected, you know, way of of hearing someone else's perspective, I think. I totally agree. So what has been the hardest thing for you? And I don't want to hijack your interview. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. (laughs) You know, the hardest thing for me, gosh, at this point, I I have a team that took it over. But I have to say, I think it was six months, Seema, um, ago, where I was just inundated. I mean, Mm -hmm. I just, I couldn't do anymore. But that's because I was still writing all the interviews in connecting with everybody, doing the scheduling. Yeah. And now I think about it, I'm like, what was I thinking? I know. Writing the show notes, you know, posting it onto, you know, the platform, which then translates to all, as you know, to all the different right. platforms. And then I was doing, you know, talking with the designer and getting the, you know, the featured image. And then I was writing the social media post. I don't do any of those things I just listed. Good for you. Anymore. <laughs> the thing I do, I seriously walk in here, you you know, Leighton comes in, he yeah. talks with you, gets the levels, gets, you know, everything done. Somebody out there says, this is our funny thing. We say chicken pot pie. Don't even ask me where this came from. That that means everybody <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> and we have a studio, so it's, you know, it's completely insulated in here. But inevitably, you know, we, we have, you know, music that goes through, you know, the, sure. the office. And then we have a doorbell that we have to pull out and things like that. So we chicken pot pie the place. And I sit down. Down and I start. And when I'm done, I'll hand a few notes over. E- even Ashley's written up questions, you know, right. for me, for you. And, you know, she's like, do you even need them for SEMA today? <laughs> like, yeah, just give me some. But I think we're good, you know. But she does all that. She does a pre-screening. And that was the most difficult um, thing was kind of I got it, it's so involved um, yeah. and I didn't realize it. And so it got difficult for me because I didn't really properly assess how much time it was taking. And now it is, you know, absolutely fantastic. I come in the booth and I get to talk to, you know, whoever I want to talk to. Right. Well, and it sounds like you've done, the process is totally um, defined and it's, it's, yeah. it's 
automatic for you guys. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, I know they do it. Leighton and Ashley do a lot of work afterwards. But I mean, our, you know, our Trello card has like all of the micro actions that need to get done. And we get a lot of mileage. We transcribe this. We make a blog out of it. We send it out in an email. We, I mean, we post it in so many places. That's great. You know, we'll link it to, you know, a couple of our other blogs. We'll link it to back to, you know, the person who was on the show. We just try and go like the extra mile on it. And so that that part of it has been really good. But having a team, oh my, I'm so thankful. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> They're so great. But so I'm I like to do a little bit of a wrap up um a, you know, just hearing from you a little bit more of your own story. Um sure. I'd like to know like, you know, who along your way along the way of the journey of Simavasa in market research and 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 you know, sparking constant you know serial entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Who gave you some great advice along the way that you look back and think, "Gosh, if it weren't for that person, you know, I, I don't think I would see things that way." Can you think of something like that? Gosh, I've, I, yeah, I've I've had I've really been fortunate that a lot of people along the way have kind of given me advice and have coached me. I do remember one woman that I actually co-opted for when I was in college, and she's an amazing person. She really took me under her wing. And she said to me, she said, she said, Seema in life, you are lucky if you can count on one hand, five friends, like, don't forget that. Like friendship, family is crucial and don't lose sight of that. And I, at, at the time I was like five friends. Wow. That's not a lot of friends. You're all lame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's your friend, but <laughs> But she kind of said, guard them, like protect them, nurture them because, oh, cool. um, you know, they don't come by easy. And, mm-hmm. and she was totally right. And I, I, that stuck with me. And I know that's not a business related thing, but it, it keeps you grounded to really yeah. realize like, yeah, business is great. Work is great, but it's not, it's not your whole life. And, and to stay grounded and, and try to main, maintain that kind of level headed perspective, um, right. In all things that you do. Well, and I think that that, um, you know, that generosity of spirit, which I think it is when you protect other people, you Mm -hmm. guard your time and you guard their time. I think that is being very generous. Um, It's saying, you know, I care enough. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to plan ahead and think about it. And I think that comes out completely with you. I mean, you know, it's no it's no, um, you know, accident that we ended up in a group and we're sitting in a room of 30 incredibly generous women. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, because we find each other and right. we want we want to sincerely give something good. And I think one thing I appreciate you uh, about you a lot is that I've asked you some tough questions, you know, over this last year and I really appreciate that you you have not raced to answer them for me. You have asked me a few more questions, and I'm like, well, now that you say that. <laughs> Let me go think about it. <laughs> Let me think, you know, and I, I think that there's there's something really inherent and very beautiful in that to say, you know, there's a value of the other people that are in your life. And even if they need help from you, they also, you know, maybe want to come along on the journey of helping yeah. themselves. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. I see Absolutely. I see the way you do that. And so I, I see that that's a, you know, that's a real, like, very, very ingrained in the way that you talk and the way that you treat people. And so I think that's, it, it makes sense that it comes out in consulting, because that's an incredibly, like, a, a very uh, helpful and collaborative type of uh, way of talking. 
Thank you so much. I, oh, I, I appreciate it's so that. True. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> that just came out of the blue because that's that's absolutely true. Well, do you feel like there's people who gave you some really bad advice that you're like, oh man, I'm so glad I did not do that. <laughs> well, you know what? It's not bad advice, but I've gotten advice from people that maybe kind of our core values are not the same. Right. Right. So I wouldn't say it's bad. And then, and looking back, I realized it wasn't bad advice. It was just from an angle in, in that I don't necessarily agree. We don't have those same common values. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And so, um, you know, and, and, and I've had, I've had great advice in this. I, I've had people, you know, say to me the things that I want to do, almost seem impossible. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those are the things that fueled me the hardest. (laughs) It's like, oh, no, 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 it can be done and I'm going to do it. That's awesome. (laughs) Well, tell me about, tell me about other podcasts. Like, are you, I mean, you have your podcast, but are you a big podcast listener? I'm going to be perfectly honest. Uh I am not. Um, Mm -hmm. I listen to the radio a lot. I listen to NPR a lot. I do listen to our industry podcasts, obviously, just Mm -hmm. to keep up on what's going on. And I love them. Um, So the other podcasts that I'll listen to are really newsy podcasts, like the NPR podcasts. I listen to um, Jake Tapper's um, State of the Nation podcast. So, But it's nothing that's kind of in my daily routine outside of kind of our industry podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you like NPR. Do you listen to Marketplace with Kyra? I do. I do. That's so good. (laughs) When I think of you, I think, oh my gosh, she would love that podcast. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So what's funny is that I have like these crazy buckets, like a podcast, like, okay, these are the the business ones I listen to. And then these are the spiritual ones I listen to. And then, um, and then these are the ridiculous fun. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to a lot of kind of crazy things and things that I, in, in the rest of my life, I'm not really that interested in. Right. But for some crazy reason, like I, you know, I find some. Okay, you got to check this one out. I'll give you one. Uh, okay. one uh, you got to at least listen to one episode. Okay. Um, it's called We Have Concerns. Okay. And That's these two guys are just absolutely hilarious. And I was probably listening for a full year before one of them said, well, because we're a science and technology podcast. And I went, what? what? <laughs> you are? Well, maybe I shouldn't be listening. <laughs> I don't care about science or technology. Oh, gosh, that's so and fun. They, I, mean, I love humor, too. Oh, my gosh, they are so funny. They're both they're both amazing writers, and uh, they do stand-up, they do shows, they do writing, they do, you know, um, screenplays. I mean, it's crazy, and they, they just have this amazing synergy. And, in fact, I've had one of them on my show uh, way back when, which I don't know how I got so lucky to have him come on, but... Uh, yeah, you got to check it out. Promise I'll definitely me. You'll check listen, it out. Just listen to one episode. They have some pretty short ones, but it's totally hilarious. So, so is there an app that you live or die by, Seema? I mean, what you know? Are you a, a big you know pull your phone out, or are you a like be present with the person kind of person? I, I try very hard to be the latter, the mm-hmm. be present <laughs> with the person. Um, <laughs> currently, the app that's being most used is the one that uh, is helping me train for these tests. So oh, anytime gosh. I have five minutes and nobody's talking to me, I'll pull out the flashcards and, right. and kind of go through them. Um, but I really have been trying to to be present and to realize that, you know, it sounds corny, but this moment is not going to be here again. So mm-hmm. if I, I want to give the respect to the person around me or with me, um, to give my full attention. 
Uh, and sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's uh, some days I do better than others. Uh, you know, with all the communication vehicles like WhatsApp, um, I'm not on Facebook as much. Uh, you know, Twitter. If you, I manage my own social media, so just mm-hmm. making sure I keep up with that, but it, not in a crazy way. Right. Realizing that if somebody tweets something, I don't have to respond immediately. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> There's some people who need to be told that. <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> to set the, the phone problem. down. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Are you, what do you like? You know, I do all the live tweeting when I'm out speaking or I'm in an yep. event or I'm chair, you know, I'm chairing a, an event. Um, sure. And, um, you know, and, and other people get on a stage. I'm very mindful when I'm at a, a market research event and other people are on the stage. I always take a picture of them and tweet yeah. them out because I know what it's like to be like, oh my gosh, I just did like five different speeches at different mm-hmm. places and I have no photo of myself. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so I really, I, I feel like that's a way that I just really make a good connection with people. And so, Definitely, you know, my Twitter app gets a lot of views. That's good. Um, And then my team back here, as I'm tweeting, because it's just easier for me to live tweet, they'll take what I'm writing and they'll go, you know, siphon it off onto the other channel. So I'm not doing just a million things. Yet you can't have a life and, and do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm that, my, I was, my mom was visiting just a while ago. So here's a true confessional. She's like, she put an app on my phone called Woody and it is like a wood puzzle. Okay. And it's basically like Tetris for old people. Okay. And, you know, it's funny because it was really fun. She was visiting and I'm like, yeah, I'll do your thing with you. So we sat down and did it. And, you know, to me, I I like apps that are like that, but, um, I like brain puzzles and, and things like that on, on my phone. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm kind of like you in, in that sense is like, I'd really rather be reading, honestly, right. rather than be on my phone. And, um, what I get tons of use out though, I have Mindify. I, I really have a hard time sleeping, especially when I'm mm-hmm. traveling for a business and I listen to, uh, sleep hypnosis every night. Oh, I have to check that oh, out. Oh, yeah. Mindify is really great. Okay. And I, I don't always listen to it when I'm home, but um, right. unless I'm sick and I'm or I'm, you know, really have something on my mind. But but when I'm gone for work, it's just hard for me to unwind and really kind of get the signals of go to bed. Right. <laughs> you know, and I was just in Tampa at a, onboarding a client for three days. And, you know, you're just really on. You're doing uh-huh. intense. And it was like two weeks before that we were in Chicago for three days onboarding another client. And you're at hotels and hotels and you know, it's just you need to be able to give your brain and your, your body a different signal to say, yep, I know you don't know where you are, but it's time for bed. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, that sounds like a really good solution, though, yeah, because I, I think you're right, because when you're out and about, you are on yeah. for the entire time. Oh, that's totally true. And you're, you, you've you got uh, SampleCon coming up. Yes, so I know yes. this this episode will air after it. But tell yep. people about like how you're 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 the current chairperson right now for yes. SampleCon. So you're going to be on. So what are you yes. what are you doing at that conference? So I'm going to be um, obviously opening and closing the show. It's uh, we've coordinated all the content and obviously with a great uh, board as well. That's part of this whole process and, and executive director. But really, the, the the goal was to bring different parts of our kind of data collection ecosystem to the forefront. And so we have people from blo- talking about blockchain. We have people, we have a woman coming from uh, Betty Amadou from London talking about gamification and um, understanding how making research fun and interesting and engaging really yields um you know, valuable results. We mm-hmm. talked about traditional sampling. So I'm going to participate in a couple of debates. Obviously, you know, there's, there's, uh, 
conversation throughout the entire day and uh, networking and some fun, fun, th- armadillo racing. Um, what? Yes. <laughs> you heard it here first on Ponderings from the Perch. <laughs> uh, we just said, let's do something different. And we oh are. So I, I'm really excited. You know, you always have a little bit of a pit in your stomach, but mm-hmm. so far everything feels like it's, it's in a good place. Oh, that's well, totally cool. Yeah. Um, and I do notice for, this is an interesting observation of you seeing I do notice that you a lot of times are leading panels, um, either yes, on panels, but yep. more often you're moderating the panels. That's interesting. Is that is that by choice, or do other people say, "Oh my gosh, you're so good at it. Will you do it?" So th- that that that's an interesting observation. So I actually this year have decided I was not going to moderate, and I'm actually participating. Oh, very cool. Um, and I think it's it's it just depends on who's available and. Uh, who's who's most passionate about the questions that want to be asked, and uh, yeah, so I think it's it it, it varies. It, you know, sometimes I think being the moderator is kind of fun because you get to control the entire conversation for the most part, mm-hmm. and really get everybody engaged and involved and, and manage kind of the voices. And you know, being part a participant is also fun because you can really be as opinionated as you want. Right. <laughs> Girl, look, I'm an expert. They gave me this right. seat and this this water, so I can do anything. <laughs> I want to state my opinion. <laughs> what is the power of the chair with the glass of water in front That's of it? Right. I don't know. <laughs> I was on a panel one time when you totally had to like press the button on the mic to speak. And I thought, my God, I'm like testifying before Congress or something. <laughs> I felt like I should like maybe be like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and maybe blink a few more times or something. Yeah, I don't I know. know. <laughs> oh, well, let let let's end on this. I I do love talking about books. Are you are you an avid reader? I have been. Um, I go in 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 um, spurts, but I like both fiction and nonfiction. Um, and I know I I know that uh, right now, what book do I have? Oh, actually, there's this book that I have here on my my desk right now that I want to read. I just got it last week at a conference. It's called Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. Um, why we it's sleep? Un- why we sleep? Unlocking okay. the power of sleep and dreams. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah, so that's something like a nonfiction, and then a fiction book. I have to say, I've been reading this book with my uh, daughters. It is so good. Um, gosh, what's the name of it? I think it's called Checkout. It's about this um, Chinese immigrant family who comes to the United States, and they basically work in a motel, and all the experiences that they have in that first in those first couple of years when they enter the United States. It, it's fantastic. Oh it's a children's book, but it's, oh. it's, it's a novel and it's really good. Okay. We'll put it in the show notes. That's super okay. cool. I, right now I'm just finishing and I, I, I happen to be traveling. So I grabbed another one. I don't usually have two things going at the same time, but I was just finishing Becoming by uh, Michelle Obama and I had left it at home. And so I was traveling and I found this, it's called, it's said, it's called take off your shoes and it's oh. one guy's journey from the boardroom to Bali. And it's about basically kind of the the quintessential, you know, take a year off, get out of the rat right. race, you know, take your family and find, you know, the meaning of what you were doing. <laughs> so that kind of ties into what you were saying before that it was great advice you heeded, you know, being young. And yeah. it, it, it's even better if you don't have to get to a place where, you know, you have to like completely do a radical, you know, right? I, I know. Yeah, I know. It's really everybody really kind of over glorifies that, but even better if you just live in moderation and never have to mm-hmm. do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's actually really interesting, because it's just a one book. And it's just a simple story. But actually, I think maybe for me, it's just really poignant. And it's just, you know, 
it's just real his real observations of his own children and 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 what work you know took from him and what he allowed work to take you know from him and how he participated in that and I, it, it it's been really good i'm almost at the end it's a super easy read but i thought that was that was really good so here's my question for you okay what about you what what book are you going to write sima oh my goodness I don't know. You have a book I don't in know. I haven't, I haven't thought about writing a book. I mean, I always really? thought, oh, maybe one day, but I haven't thought about it. Okay. Well, too you much and I, detail. we're going to think about it a lot this year. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> I like that. Hey, let's let's have you on for a third time, and all we're going to do is talk about what we could write about. <laughs> okay. That sounds perfect. <laughs> okay. I'm so looking forward to see oh. you, seeing you in May. And um, if you want have some questions, go connect with Seema on, on LinkedIn. It's S-I-M-A-V-A-S-A. You'll find all of the things that we've talked about today in uh, the show notes, but check out what she does at Infinity Square Adventures. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast. This is a great friend of mine, and I think this is really the heart of hearts of what I want to do in the podcast. Pull the curtain back, get to see, you know, uh, how people really live. How do we they manage these kinds of MR jobs where they're getting to do something interesting and interface with people? And in Seema's case, really help people growth hack and and bring bring their company where where they feel is the right place in the market. I think there's something so valuable about that. So Seema, thank you for being so generous with your time. It's been super fun. It's been a great time. And thank you also, Priscilla, for your time. I have really enjoyed being on the podcast and catching up. I know. Okay. So go check out her podcast, Data Gurus, and then let us know what you think. And both of us, if you like both of us, go give both of us a review on iTunes and tell us something funny. What's Tell us the title of your book that you want to write. Oh, I love in, that. In the review. We don't need to hear, you know, the review of the podcast. Just tell us if you like it or not. But uh, let's hear back from uh, our listeners and make sure you go give a little bit of love over to Seema for giving up her time on our show. Thanks a lot, Seema. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Take care, Priscilla. From all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.